we're happy. We're we're, uh, we're sorry on. I've been so uncommunicative with you. <laughs> it's okay, it's man. So bad to get in touch. You must, very you must be so busy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just disorganized, probably more than me being busy. Are you? Are you guys in Milan? Yeah, we're yeah. in Milan. We're just we're we came to the park for for the for this conversation. Nice. Yeah, it looks very nice out there. Yeah, yeah, it's sunny. Nice. Sunny, fifteen degrees. And you you've been there for a while, right? But Adrian, you did you just get back? Yeah, I was in some words for ages, and Kyle came to visit me, and then we came back here together. Cool. But I'm gonna try and like divide my time more equally between here and there. Because you guys have been working on this new thing right uh i, I don't want to mispronounce it but spazio amanita amanita right so, so you guys have been working on that yeah well yeah i've been working on that adrian's one of the artists that we're working with but he's so he's been working on his art more independently but um but yeah i've been busy with that in florence unfortunately they um they closed us down a week before we could open officially physically I mean, the Florence went into uh, orange zone, so yeah. we couldn't do much. But we did a we did an online show and presentation. So, cool. you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's working out, and I mean, you're doing the best you can under the circumstances. I mean, it's, it's yeah. hard. Um, yeah, but it's I mean, I can't imagine how hard it is like trying to do an art show. Anyway, have you guys found that like the last year has been really difficult? Just for you working in general? Mm, yes, a little bit. I mean, I, besides uh, the whole situation, I don't want to get ahead to your questions, but I've, I've had a, a pretty good year um, in terms of uh, being productive and, uh, and you know, and uh, start, you know, laying bricks to, to my career and so on. I don't know, Adrian. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've been able to focus so well this year. And I think like, I mean, coming, it might be coming from a privileged perspective to say this, but I've just been able to work very well. And like from, an, I guess, not even a perspective of privilege, but as an artist, I think this has been a really nice situation. That's good, man. I'm happy to hear that. And it's um, like, on a, it, it's funny hearing that from both of you because it's exciting for me doing this. Um, with both of you. I thought I'd just be speaking to one of you today, but it's really cool to see no, you both. No, yeah. We, we, I mean, we were just talking about your process. You were saying it's gone pretty well, but have you been surprised by the lockdown and like how it's affected you, just like personally, more than work? Knowing, like knowing myself, this, like I, on paper, it's like this would be like, it makes sense for me that, that, that I've been able to work so well in these circumstances, you know? Cause yeah. I get distracted extremely easily. And there's just been like very few opportunities for me to get distracted. That's good. What about you, Kaya? Um, no, yeah, I've been surprised, honestly, to how I took it. I took the lockdown and, uh, you know, all the situation and all the despair around me as sort of like a like a call for arms. Something, you know, something that was... Uh, that's sort of motivating in the sense of, you know, wanting to do something about it or just like alarming in the sense that the, the stillness that you feel during a lockdown is something that made me feel uncomfortable or at least that I, that I was being a little bit um, 
like a days ago. So I had to, you know, get going, get moving and so on. And being forced into stillness like that really, um, I think, motivated me at least to, to want to do things and so on. And um, besides that, it also, I felt like I was leveled with everybody else for a second it made me feel as if uh, everybody right now no one can do things right now or as much as they would so this is a perfect opportunity for me to 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 get going if that makes sense absolutely and it, when you say get going and you, you want to be more active you want to be more productive and it's very frustrating for everyone as you said but does that mean engaging with new stuff have, have either of you guys found a lot of new interests or new outlooks in the last year um, for me, for me, it was because uh, I was one of the first people into lockdown. You know, Italy was the first country that was locked down besides China, I think, or at least in, in Europe. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I spent uh, I spent the most time here that I've ever spent since I was, you know, 10 years old. And uh, I was I was just about to have my first show to open a show with Avantard in New York City. And all of a sudden I'm spending two months and a half in my dad's isolated farmhouse in, uh, in Italy. So um, it's just, I, I thought, you know, why am I doing things in New York when I prefer Italy much more? And why is Italy, why is Italy so behind in terms of, you know, art and, uh, and events and so on. And, you know, cause I feel like we, we should be the trendsetters and we should be the ones um, that people look to look at in terms of you know we should be the ones setting the trends i suppose we have That's the best true. artisans and stuff like this so you know and these are conversations that i had with a lot of you know musicians here and so on it's just like uh italian italian fashion italian music and art has become mimicry of you know what's going on in america and the rest of the world and that's just um kind of embarrassing i suppose well, I, I want Adrian to answer the same question, but I also want to say before you do answer that, that Italy is kind of new for you, that like you weren't living there before, whereas Kayo was saying somewhere you grew up and obviously you're, you're living with family. Just being there now at a time like this is new for you. So how has that been, like adjusting to a new country? I mean, for me, it's been a little tough, honestly, because, I mean, I don't speak Italian. I'm trying, I speak Spanish, so it's a little bit, I can understand it, but I mean, like moving to a new city where you don't speak the language, you're not fluent in the language right now. I think it's like, it's one of the hardest times maybe to move to a new city. And that's why I've been like, I haven't really, I've like, I have this, I set up a studio in Switzerland in a place two hours away from Milan. So, um, I mean, I've just been so comfortable there and I can work so well there that I haven't felt a need to come to Milan as often as I should, considering I rented an apartment here. Yeah. So now I'm trying to divide my time more evenly. But it's like, it's, I mean, it's not easy moving to a new city in general, let alone when, when like the odds are against your favor to thrive in a city. Yeah, you absolutely. Spent much time here, though. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, uh, and going back to, to the question um, more broadly, like you're an artist, you know, you, and you, you're, you're extremely varied in your output. Um, I've seen things that you did in London four years ago, the last time I saw your exhibitions in person. And it looks completely different to the stuff you're doing now. So has the lockdown had any effect on that? For sure. Like it's made me, I've 
before, like, I mean, before lockdown, I never spent longer than like, say like a week on a painting. But now I've really been able to spend time like each painting. I've, I've spent like three weeks on one painting, for example, and I'm trying to spend a lot more time just focusing, looking at the work, asking myself questions, solving problems. And I didn't feel, maybe also it's not being in New York because I like, I, I end up really like getting stuck in this New York like fast paced mentality and here I've just been really like more contemplative more patient and it's I think it's been really really good for my practice that's great man uh, the, the interesting thing I mean going back to what I was saying before we're doing doing this for me I've never interviewed two people at the same time um doing this mm. which is cool but you guys work together very closely um you live together as well um if I'm right in thinking that and mm. how is it you know, you see each other every day. You, you, I mean, you do it by choice anyway, but you don't have a choice. Like there is a lockdown on, you guys see each other all the time. Has that dynamic helped? I mean, very few people get to work with their friends so closely, I think, at a time like this. I mean, we don't, like, right, technically, I've, I've been spending more time in Switzerland than I have in Milan. So we haven't been in, like together on a day-to-day -day basis. But I mean, I send Kyle pictures of my art as I'm making it all the time. And it's, it's really nice to be able to, to have like a support group of people that you can keep sending your work to yeah. and have like this art dialogue. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say, I think it's, uh, for me not being like, uh, not wanting to stare at screens all day. And what's it called, and Adrian sending me his art, I feel like there's, there's less that I can do remotely than I could do in person. Um, in the sense of you know uh having our conversations and talking about the process and so on because i don't know because for example when we sit down and you know we're looking at images together or whatever there's there's only so much that i can there's only so much time that i want to devote to looking at the screen and you know asking questions and so on rather than having it uh, in front of me especially with adrian's art that's so um you know, strong with texture and things like this. It's uh, it's something that I think lives in the 3D world more than the 2D world. And um, no, and yeah. So it's it's been. Uh, I feel like that uh, that conversation's been a little bit affected by by being in lockdown and by having sort of uh, remote conversations about the painting process. Yeah, so it must have been really tough for you, like you were saying, being at your dad's place, because you're obviously completely cut off from that. You don't have a choice about how you view uh, the images you're working with. But in another sense, has it been nice to, you, you talked about Italy, has it been nice spending more time with family and just being, I don't know, more, I suppose, no, familiar? No, it's been really, I, I'm very happy I left New York. I'm very happy I left New York and I feel like I rediscovered Italy during this time. It was sort of like a forced rediscovery, but I realized that it, um, that this is like the place that I wanna give my energy to and uh, a place that I feel needs more of the work, the kind of work that I'm doing um, rather than New York that already has like, you know, from, I don't know, thousands or hundreds of, uh, um, galleries for emerging artists and spaces for exhibitions and residencies and so on so 
so so yeah besides family um i'm happy i'm very happy that um there was this um forced uh, exile to italy that's good um and you mentioned adrian a bit earlier like having a support group and it's maybe it's over the phone and you're talking to people and you're showing them your work and anything when this whole thing started i mean it's been exactly a year i think uh this week do you guys yeah. ever look back and you sort of think to yourselves like well this whole all this uncertainty is like it, it's very stressful to people but you know may, maybe looking back it's it's been good like is, is there anything well i suppose what i'm trying to ask is how do you compare the last year with who you are as a person in general like do you think it's a good an accurate reflection of who you are mm -hmm. i mean since like since we're all like under a specific circumstance i think it's more of like i don't know i think we're more acting in a way we're acting like out of the circumstances that we're in i would say but it's also made i, I mean for me personally it's made me like more aware of what works for me and what doesn't work and if i'm like at the start of course i've kind of gone through like a few different phases of different lockdowns like i was with three friends at the beginning where i was working very well and i was with family which wasn't as easy wasn't as comfortable to deal with sure. and then and then i was in london with a few friends also which was nice but then i couldn't work as easily and it really um made me think about you know like where like now i think i'm more aware of like what works better for me and what doesn't in terms of my productivity. That's good. And I mean, same, same question to you, Kaya, in terms of this. Do, do, you, do you look back before this at any particularly difficult times you've gone through or any processes you've gone through and you think, well, this is a different kind of challenge, but how is it different? Mm, I... No. Um... It's, it's different in the sense that everything has become less accessible, but I feel that I've been, uh, the things that I can work with have been reduced. So, so I, can, I can sort of vet what is more accessible to me and what is more reasonable and so on. And sort of maybe it's kind of limited the world uh, um, that, I can, uh, that I can participate with, but that's, but that's also been, uh, been freeing because you know, it's, uh, I understand what's within reach and what's not within reach now since, you know, travel is so restricted and, you know, and getting paintings from studio visits are harder. Uh, just, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of going back to the, to the, to the point I was making earlier that it, uh, that this time has allowed me to focus on a specific, um, on a specific range of things whereas before i was you know i was alone in new york city and uh you know new york city is already sort of in our terms bigger than italy itself um you know it's packed with galleries and so on and so many more artists so i i feel like now the the amount of things that i of things that i can work with are are in plain sight yeah, and I do know you guys as, as being involved in art predominantly. Like that's what you know, that's that's what you guys do for a living. 
and that's great. But a year is a long time. And we're talking about mental health stuff mostly. I mean, that's the focus here. Are there other interests that either of you guys have developed? Like anything, you know, that I, I don't necessarily mean new stuff, but things that you've been able to spend more time with? Yeah, I can answer this for you. Yoga you first. Yeah, I mean, I've been lately, like, I mean, I've, I started, I was doing yoga for the past like three years on and off. But um, in quarantine, I really like, I really started to do it more regularly. And it's like, it's not easy. And when you're feeling bad, you don't want to work out. And no. there's some days where like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like, you don't want to wake up and it's just like feeling like every day is becoming the same and whatever. But I think for me, like routine, I've really been trying to carve out a routine for myself and not even just things that purely I want to do, but things that I know are good for me as well. And things that will, I know will make me feel better after I'm done doing them. And yeah, I think it's really important to do things like that. And also like, what's the the huge upside i think one of the biggest upsides of this whole thing is that people are finally starting to there's like there's a lot more inclusivity in terms of content in terms of like university content and you know like you could online now you can really like teach yourself so much and i've been trying to bring that into my artistic practice a lot too and i think yeah. it's really inspiring that you can kind of that the internet has become more of a resource now than it even was last year when it was already a massive resource yeah um phil i what's i during quarantine as soon as it started i realized how uh i started reading much more um i realized that in new york i could never read and how difficult it is to read for me because i don't know um i don't think I, there weren't like hours that i had in uh in New York where I was in a room alone or a screen wasn't on or music wasn't on or I didn't have people around. And uh, yeah, so no, I think reading uh, reading is a big one for me. And um, and also, I don't know, I always, I always uh, did sports, but I took on boxing more seriously now since I moved to Milan and that's, uh, and that's uh, been helping a lot because it allows me like to spend uh, to spend uh, to spend my energy, and I can go to I can go to sleep tired every day and feeling like I've uh, you know like I've moved around at least because I think that's so important because um, going to sleep not having moved at all physically and so on at least for me can be really stressful. Yeah, I, I definitely sympathize with that feeling. And I, I, yeah. um, I feel like during COVID as well, I mean, we've just mm -hmm. seen statistically like lots more cases of tinnitus and, you know, yeah. in terms of mental health stuff, people are having a lot of trouble with their sleep. So yeah. um, that's definitely yeah. accurate. And congratulations, yeah. by the way, on getting your, I saw you got your like boxing, like certificate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, I, uh, sometimes I feel like that's my calling instead of art. I don't know. And uh, that's also, no, that's, uh, that's been a very, very redeeming discovery for me because uh, they're two, like, I couldn't think of more opposite worlds from like combat sports and like, you know, the art gallery. And, I don't know. Uh, you, should, you should read Hemingway. <laughs> He's kind of, <laughs> kind of a mix of the two, I guess. You were saying you've been reading a lot more, Kaya, in the yes. last few months. And I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that you've been engaging with okay so what's it called my first book that i read during quarantine 
I don't know why I went back. To, I used to look at stoicism a lot and I found a copy of the meditations by Marcus Aurelius in uh, my dad's house. I started reading that. Then, uh, I don't know, since I started getting into combat sports, I started reading a lot of Bruce Lee, the Tao of the Jeet Kundo, which has been, it's, it's much more than, you know, like, you know, he was like kind of a philosopher. So um, that as well. And uh, then I started reading a lot in Italian as well. I just started uh, Il Nome della Rosa by Umberto Eco. And, um, and I started reading uh, another book. That's kind of the one that's in connection to, to the gallery and to, to the idea behind it. That's called The Sacred Mushroom on the Cross, which is, uh, it's, it's, it's more of a conspiracy theory based book it's you know stone date theory and uh discusses the etymology a lot of words in uh in religion and so on so that's yeah that's a little bit more more factual and and fun but those are the main things uh right now cool and um, yeah like adrian where you're obviously learning italian and like kaya is reading in italian and obviously already speaks it how are you trying to pick up a new language? Because like it, it helps to be sociable at a time like this, and obviously no one's around. Yeah, for sure. It's a little, it's tricky. It's not easy. But I mean, I've, I was taking um, Italian lessons before before Milan went into an orange zone, and there were still in-person classes. And I found the Zoom ones really um, difficult to um, to keep going to. I'm just like not, I'm, I have a hard time organizing myself and, we were meeting regularly and there was homework and i mean i haven't done homework for like not even that long like a few like six months really but it feels like a long time but i mean i'm gonna i have this other tutor that's just a one-on-one -on -one that i'm gonna start doing this week that i think is gonna be better for me and easier to do for sure i remember when i was doing spanish at school i used to just go to your house and <laughs> it's the only reason yeah, i know spanish the best way to learn a language is just to speak it with other people but I mean, everyone, like, everyone's always coming over and speaking in Italian, and that helps me a lot, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's, like, oh, so immersive, <laughs> and that's great. And I think you've probably chosen the, the um, ideal place to be for it. But that's another interesting thing, because, like, obviously, Caio, you're from Italy, and you've been with your family and stuff. Adrian isn't, but you're from Switzerland to some extent. You spend a lot of time in Switzerland. Why Milan? Because I know you guys aren't necessarily, like, attached to Milan um in general no, that's, yeah um unfortunately rome is uh is sort of a, a dead city because i don't know i think think of it in terms of like uh sports for example there's uh, the america's like trying to people are trying to do new things uh in rome is just so difficult because to to get things moving and so on and uh, it's just a city that's um, that's been left to, to politicians here in Italy, and everybody everybody comes comes here to Milan or Turin, maybe. Uh, it's kind of like DC in a way. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a city for like politics and maybe you know, and poets and things like this. But um, in terms of work and opportunities and uh, and people wanting to do things it's uh it's very hard to get moving yeah but you guys are preparing so, life out there 
Um, I don't, I don't feel my, I'm going to be here for a long time. And, uh, even less since I started working in Florence and, uh, I noticed that it's, uh, that it's also a thriving city and people want to do things there. And, uh, of course there's added benefit that it's about, it's 10 times more beautiful than Milan, but, um, that's a contentious no. point. That's an interesting point because I think yeah. like, obviously Italy has such a devolved urban landscape all the cities are very different it's not like the uk or france i think in that sense yeah so it's like yeah i, I guess people are very opinionated about you know how, just how aesthetically they prefer one city to the other oh absolutely and i think anybody would agree that milan is probably the most happening city in italy but also the ugliest unfortunately or at least one of the ugliest huh. well I, I haven't been so i can't judge but it's um it's it's like it's now a big part of your lives just in terms of you guys waking up every day and, and that's what you see is milan but it it wasn't a year ago obviously like you probably yeah. didn't necessarily think about moving there if it wasn't for covid so what would you guys both say is the biggest difference between you now and this time last year hmm I feel I feel I have a much clearer vision of the things that I want to do and I feel and I feel much more compelled to do them. I also feel as if I'm having more fun than last year. Good. And I'm and I'm learning much more. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like every every few months I look back at myself and think that I was like a child a few months ago. And compared to like looking at myself in New York, I could, I mean, I feel like I was like a decade younger then. And I feel, I think I'm like, I'm a lot, I feel like I've grown up a lot being in Italy, being in Europe, spending, living in Europe again. And the quality, like I've, I've enjoying the quality of life a lot more. And I just like, I don't think looking back on it, I don't think New York was a city for me, but I think even like I could go back to New York and, and manage it, navigate it a lot better yeah it, it's great that you've grown in that sense for sure and it's so important to be able to adapt to these circumstances i think one of the biggest issues is that people have a lot of trouble accepting um these i mean let's be honest pretty negative changes right um yeah, whether it's, you know like, like you're, you're just you're just being put under so much pressure by not knowing what's going to happen um yeah what and, and i'll just caveat this by saying that obviously i mean you guys have lived in the States. Like Adrian, I know you because we essentially grew up together in London. Um, and yeah, I haven't, I, you know, I, you, you don't come to London very often anymore, obviously because of COVID. Um, what do you guys, and sorry, Kaya, you know, we've spoken about this connection you have with South America, which is literally the other side of the world. So what do you guys miss the most? I miss my, my uh, yeah, my family in South America probably the most. I haven't seen them in a year, and that's the longest I haven't seen them in since I can remember. Um, no, I suppose I suppose that's it for me. Um, I also miss football stadiums a lot. <laughs> Adrian, I mean, for me, I'm I'm a pretty introverted person, and looking back on all the chances where I was in New York and. I like, I'm feeling guilty for being in situations where I could have um, been more communicative and been more like aware of the community that I was in. And I think that's what I missed. And, on, and what makes me miss it more is the guilt that I have for not 
taking advantage of it when I could have more, I think. Yeah, I mean, regret sucks, right? And like everyone says that you shouldn't feel regret, but like we all do, it's totally yeah. normal. Um, but when you, uh, it's just interesting for me to hear that because I don't, I don't really necessarily know what you mean. So I, when I think New York, I think a city of like 12 million people. It's very hard <laughs> for me to think of the word community with such a disparate, you know, mm, population yeah. layout. I mean, like say, like, I guess the different like subgenres of people like the, I mean, subcultures, like there's, like I was being in, like, for example, I was, when I went to SBA when I was at school, I was very much going into school, working as much as I could and leaving and not really talking to other artists and getting to know them as much as I could have been. And that's a big reason why I want to go to graduate school because I want to, I want to make up for lost time and try kind of be in this sense of it, be in a community of artists and a community of like-minded people and be able to really just communicate with them and be, and like grow alongside other people. Am I right in thinking that your intention was California for grad school? It's I'm I'm between California, London, and New York. But um, I mean, I, ideally, I would stay in Europe. But as a, as a young artist, I think it's a lot better to be in either LA or New York than it is anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. I, I can totally understand, as you said, these subgenres and Kyo's point. Unfortunately, uh, it may be true, and I've seen this a lot with France as well. Um, maybe it's not quite on the same scale in terms of output. And I, I hate the word innovation, but maybe it's applicable um, with places like Italy and France not quite being on the same level as in New York or LA or even London. So um, it takes time, but you know, it, it, these things change. But uh, Kyra, you mentioned football stadiums. Mm. <laughs> First of all, sorry about last night because uh, that's no, it's okay. Um, no, it's all right. Don't worry. I drank the pain away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's no shame and and like it wasn't a clean sheet, so that's something. Yeah. But you are like, um, in terms of passions, I know how much you care about art. I think you probably yeah. care about um Lazio more than yes, more than art. Else. Definitely. Yeah. So no. that, that must be that must be very difficult for you. And I just wonder, like culturally, you know, football mm -hmm. falls into this just as much as art does and art gallery openings. Have you? How have you felt about not being able to engage with it? Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, you know, I spent, to be fair, I spent a lot of time away from Italy. Like I was saying I was living in New York, so I was kind of used to it. You know, the closest thing to stadium for me for many years was going to the Lazio Club in New York City. And that was, uh, that was a great substitute, and it gets pretty close. But, um yeah, I suppose it's a little bit frustrating because, you know, I want to, uh, you know, I want to sing the songs and go to the stadium and, you know, wear lots of t-shirts and scream and so on. But, um, but no, no, I mean, it's, it's, there's little positive aspects on, of this, honestly, it's been, it's been pretty frustrating. And, um, and well, I mean, I guess it's a blessing in disguise that we're having a bad season because, you know, um, had it been a good one, it would have been even worse to not, to not be able to, to, to celebrate and so on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, no, but as I was saying, I always like lived uh, my relationship with Lazio very intimately. 
having lived in New York and London and Switzerland before that, and you know, and now being close to the to the epicenter of Lazio activity, so so I haven't uh, I haven't suffered too much from this, but it's it's still definitely frustrating. Yeah, and you say it's a bad season, but like just being able to watch football at the moment is such a nice distraction. Like having any sport, no, absolutely, which is good. But absolutely. also, but because of that. Like you must appreciate having a team, supporting a team that's in the Champions League. That you get those extra games. No, absolutely, absolutely. For me, hundred percent. It's just sad. You know, this is probably the most frustrating thing of them all. Is that Lazio first time twelve years in Champions League, and I don't know how many more times I'm going to see them there, and I can't go, you know, to support them, and I can't go watch them because I feel like with smaller teams and so on it makes so much the difference you know when you have uh when you have the fans inside a stadium um chanting for 90 minutes yeah well let's pray for the comeback yeah. man the second leg because uh, anything can happen yeah yeah i mean we i i never had great hopes to be honest but yeah no we'll definitely pray for that we always we always want to believe it's like like you said to me a few weeks ago, the, the last thing to die is hope. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, exactly. We can't we keep on with that. I, Adrian, I, I I want to ask you the same question, but like I, I don't think you're a big sports fan. <laughs> like am I right in thinking that? I honestly like I respect sports, but I couldn't care less about it personally. <laughs> so like for you, what's been like the big escape from all of this? stuff just in terms of like you know your daily routine and everything yeah you said yoga is one thing but that's that's more of an output i would say that's something you're, you're actively yeah. doing what do you like passively enjoy to distract you from this i mean I'd, at first i was watching a lot of films but i kind of um cooled it with films and now like i mean it's weird but you think that i'd be able to focus better but my attention span is kind of getting worse over time and I found that maybe because of this, but um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and using, I found this channel where there's a guy who um, goes through all the exhibitions in New York going on at the moment. And that for me has been like a bit of a, an amazing thing because it's like, I mean, it's like kind of parallel to, um, to watching football matches where like, it's kind of a sense of normalcy where I feel like I can, I, first of all, I feel like I don't left New York for a split second. And second of all, I can still see like contemporary exhibitions that are going on, which, is that's when like I mean that's when my parallel to Kaya's football passion yeah. would be. Can I also add that I've been drinking a little bit more, which um, you know, wine and so on. But yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about it too much, but maybe that's sort of something um that I'd be doing less of if had I the time to to do other things, you know. But it's, I mean that that's like an activity, and that's great. But in terms of inspiration for your work, maybe as well, because you can't just walk around the gallery like you and I used to do this in London sometimes because um, we both lived and went to school pretty near uh, South Kensington where the museums are. You can't just walk around them anymore. And for me, yeah. that sucks. But for you, that must be really frustrating, I would assume. Yeah, it's a massive bummer. And like, I mean, in, in Milan, the museums are open for a second and they, it's like there's rolling lockdowns. So it changes all the time. But I mean, that's the more than anything, that's what I really miss. And even like, I mean, for me, I've also been designing clothing a little bit. And my process of how I design clothing is by looking at other clothing and thrift stores and shops and like seeing them in person. 
and those are two things that you yeah. know, like I'm I've really took for granted and I miss a lot. The screen time's gone up. Oh, hugely. The screen time's like doubled at least. Guys, I mean, I'm, <laughs> my eyesight has gotten a lot worse in the last year. So yeah, no, that's yeah, that's uh, I think one of the biggest downfalls is the is the screen time. And since like all most of work now happens on phone calls or on Zoom, like we're doing now, um, I don't know. It's like we're we're seeing a glimpse of the future world and how how things are gonna be. But you know. It's just looking like our lives are going to get more and more sedentary. Well, I hope not. But but yeah, sorry. No, yeah. You're saying? No, I think, no yeah, I, I think they will get more sedentary, honestly. And I think that this is like it's kind of um the way that like this whole work from home thing and this um tr attempt at shifting the predominant workspaces to be virtual. I think it's going to stay. And I, I don't I don't I think even when things go back to normal. I, I can imagine that a lot of um, employers are not going to see much of a benefit in going back to working from the office. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's like an element of productivity that's become very important in terms of going back to the office. Like some people just can't handle it, you know. And, and, and that's Do you know what the stats are, Phil? Because uh, I have no idea, but I'd be interested to know. I, I don't, um, and I, I've sort of stopped following the stats, especially with like the, the deaths, because it's just too depressing. I just can't do yeah. it on a regular basis. But, and this, this is kind of interesting, and I, I would like to ask you guys about this. Um, I spent maybe three quarters of last year in the countryside, which was weird for me, very new thing, um, even though I work in London. And for you two, like Kaya, you said you've been at your dad's farmhouse. Adrian, St. Moritz is, is pretty rural. So how do you contrast being in those two situations? Because most people um, have just been stuck in one place for a year. And I, I've had a hard time. I can't imagine what that's like. That must be horrible. So how have you guys found the, the comparison? I mean, it's made me, it made me think a lot that technology is eventually going to make cities somewhat obsolete. And I think that I mean, even like if you look at like people, there was this big wave in New York of people buying houses online from virtual tours that were like slightly outside of in more suburban areas, slightly outside of Manhattan, outside of the city. But I mean, it, to me, it makes sense. And I being in Switzerland, being in somewhere, I mean, relatively, it depends what you're relating it to, to like saying how rural it is. But it's definitely the most rural place I've ever lived in. And I mean, I was enjoying it immensely. I had a great time. That's cool. What about you, Kaya? No, yeah, I feel like uh, I'm probably going to say the same thing. Um, I I really enjoyed going going back to the countryside because I mean I I was never I was never crazy about New York and um, and nothing. I'm, uh, I'm happy. I'm not even thinking about going back there. And uh, I grew up living in the countryside, you know, or in the mountains, so. It, uh, you know, there's there's all the things that, that you have in New York, you know, you, you have the Internet and you have the computers and so on. So it's not like, you know, it's you could still stay in touch if that's what you need. So. So I, I don't know. If, uh, I'm only happy uh, of having spent more time in the countryside. And um, I never found myself missing the city, at least the big city. 
yeah. you know, I found myself missing Rome and, you know, um, you know, walking around at a populated street and so on, but definitely not, um, not a place that, like New York. Yeah, and it's, it's difficult because, like, I think, for me, I, I, I'm very much the same. And uh, it's kind of funny, like, my mom was telling me the other day that um, there's been such a huge demand recently for people to move out, like Adrian was saying, yeah. to the countryside, that, um, like, the village we live in is tiny, but it's now in some Condé Nast article. Um, it, is, it is crazy how many people want to move back. But if you're, and I mean, the word relationship is... You, the obvious assumption is like, you know, being in a relationship with someone. But um, when I say relationships, I mean friendships, seeing family, like you said about South America, um, maybe girlfriends as well, maybe not. But I think, have you guys found that being in a rural environment, being sort of away from the city has been a strain on your relationships with your people around you, like friends and family or? Um, yes. Yes, I would say so. Um, I think uh, during the first two, three weeks, um, you know, uh, living with my, no, the first, you know, the whole time living with my dad and sister alone within the house. And, you know, it was still, it was still pretty cold outside. So we weren't leaving the house. Uh, we inevitably got into some fights and, um, that was that was pretty straining i wish yeah and i i felt like there was nothing i could do about it um so that that was probably the the toughest thing to confront is being uh you know tied down to you know even though it's someone you love so much and you get along with perfectly you can really you can really fight with anyone um yeah given given circumstances yeah i agree with that but i would also add that i find that it's made it's made my relationships with people that i'm closer to probably stronger and then my relationships with people that are more or less like quotidian people in my life and it's made those kind of dissolve more and um and yeah it's like yeah. on top of that the I, this feeling of like of your close relationships going under strains and spending this much time with certain people that makes it makes you kind of feel fed up with them and that ends up making you feel a little lonely outside because yeah. you don't have this other like like drift these other drifters that you could that you could grab onto yeah it, it, it's weird and like I, I don't know about you guys but i personally have had like moments days weeks whatever in the last year where um you do feel very isolated and it can be really quite intense um and when you when you have to choose who you talk to because you're doing it over the phone like it's not like oh i'm gonna hang out with these people and this person might come or they might not it's like you know deliberately who you're going to contact um you, i think you're absolutely right adrian it's like you do i don't want to say you know who your friends are but you you realize maybe who you're closer to yeah, I don't know. yeah. You, have to, you also have to keep in mind that some people are just you know, more prone to others that like being on their phone and being uh, active socially from their phone. So it's, you know, it's also, it's also up to that. You know? Like I know Adrian, for example, we, we, you know, we spent a lot of time together, but when, when we first went into lockdown, went back to Italy, we probably spoke 
three or four times during, you know, the, the next three months. But that's just because we're not accustomed to, we're accustomed to being, you know, um, living together. So speaking on the phone or, or whatever, just, uh, just seems a little bit off-putting. No, and I, I'm, I definitely have this with you, Adrian, because like, I think in the 10 years or so that we've known each other, like, I really don't, you know, I, I understand if we don't speak on the phone for like six months, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, and it, it does like, I, I don't know, we've probably only spoken a handful of times in the last year, but that's not an associate, you know, you, you don't think about that at all. It's, it's totally yeah. natural. And I think your, your closer friends, yeah, you can take a long time without necessarily having to know what you're doing every single day, touching base all the time. So, but yeah, just, yeah. just in terms of who you reach out to, I guess, it's, it's, the whole thing changes. And also you have to, there's so much more initiative that you have to take to, um, to maintain, like to reach out to people. And, you know, it's like, it's not, there's, there's something more formal about it than there used to be. Yeah, it can, it can maybe, it can be a bit of a problem, I guess, at times, because people are maybe worried. And I, I've seen a lot of people I've spoken to um, asking these questions um, who are sort of like, oh, I, I'm waiting for this person to contact me. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't have to do that. You can just, you know, people make their own decisions. It's, it's each of these things are viewed individually, but you don't yeah. have to get upset because someone doesn't send you a message, you know? Yeah, because some people have much more um, like online presences, you would say, than other people. Totally. And it's hard to like to to like judge that of others if you if yours is like very much in one direction. For sure. But in terms of those people and like, you know, maybe you guys, maybe not. Um, you seem very productive and outgoing and excited about the future with all the stuff you're doing with your art. And that's great. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of people are pretty worried looking ahead after the lockdowns end, even, you know, because it might expose people to situations they're not really ready to handle and, and so on. So for people yeah. who get like very anxious about the future, um, what are maybe some of the things that you guys do? Because everyone gets anxious, I think. Um, yes. What are some of the things that you guys do to kind of handle that and cope when you're staying so productive? Adrian, I need to think for a second. Yeah, let me think about this one. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, like I get, I mean, daily, on a daily basis, I have these anxieties and especially being an artist and like knowing that, like I know, for example, that if I was say, even regardless, like with everything that's going on, if I was in New York right now, I could function as an artist in terms of selling my work and getting my work out there a lot more easily than I am now. And I, I'm, I'm aware of that trade-off that I'm making, not necessarily by choice completely. Like I could go to New York if I wanted to, although I wouldn't be able to stay there for more than three months or whatever. But I mean, I think it's like, you just kind of have to like take a step back. And I think I, lately all I've been, my biggest like mantra is, is about patience. And I think patience is so important. And although like life does seem very short, especially when you're older, like we, we have, there's a lot of time and this is like one or two years out of our life that are gonna be like hellish compared to other years, but we just have to stick it through and you can't blame anything for, for you not achieving what you want to achieve. And this is something that is very easy to take and a lot of people will blame this and, you know, like 
you have to just i think it's really important to be always be optimistic and take every every negative thing that happens to you and think how can i turn it into something that ends up being productive or valuable to me yeah you you win right if you can go through a, a bad experience and you come out finding some good in it and i guess there is good in everything yeah. if you look hard enough i mean as, as horrible as that can sound you know if you, you you're you're already doing better than most people in that situation so yeah but then I, I, you read about these statistics even before covid what technology was doing to people in terms of mental health oh, and now all these tools it's like it's getting so much worse and it's terrifying but i mean i think also like i think the people that are that are coping a lot better than others have a responsibility to help the people who are coping less well and i've been thinking about that a lot and finding a way that i could i could do that and well it can, it's like, it can it's not easy it can change in an instant and um i was one of those people who was doing i thought really well and then very suddenly it's like the exact opposite so i definitely know what you mean but in terms of those things you were saying that you were doing or you want to do um Am I right in thinking that you're already involved in some charity work for, for mental yeah. health, both of you? Yeah, we arranged, yeah, no, the both of us are. We did this, um, we co-arranged this exhibition in London and we raised 235,000 pounds for three different charities. Wow. About um, one for mental health with young kids, one for mental, um, like, uh, sorry, uh, one for men suffering like in suicidal crisis and yeah. then one for kids suffering with drug addiction. And um, now like, I mean, my brother who passed away designed a lot of um, sweaters and stuff and those I'm going to sell and give all the profits to charity. But I mean, right now, the only way I can think of helping in terms of charities and stuff is making things or like getting or selling the things that other people made and putting that money towards charities. Because like, I don't, especially right now in terms of like, like if I was going to go and work with a charity, I wouldn't know where to begin, especially the fact that, I mean, I'm in Milan and I can barely even speak Italian. <laughs> Well, your, your, your Italian is going to improve, but you've already made such a huge impact as far as I'm concerned, man, because um, that, that's um, that's such a and I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, you know, charity work is um, unimpeachable. It, it's 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 always you're always doing something good um, if, you're, if you're taking yeah. the time to get involved with these things. And um, of course, as you said, you're coming from a very personal place. So um, I, I really admire that. And um, but but for you, Kaio, I mean, you, you've been involved in these things. How how do you feel about the kind of dynamic that's going on with mental health at the moment? Um, I think, uh, no, I've been, uh, lately, I've been working the most that I have uh, my whole life. And I've really had uh, the burden of stress and, you know, feeling anxiety and so on and insecurity and things like this. And uh, I I really don't think there's there's anything that I do uh to to combat it you know um but um the only thing that i think is important is to be aware of you know anxiety and things like this and to not engage in unhealthy habits you know and that's easier said than done but um i think that once there is awareness that's always the first step um for for anything because you know you're not going to stop anxiety or you know feeling stressed or nervous or you know, afraid or whatever, but one thing that you can do is be cognizant of it. And um, I think that's probably the most important thing in order to, to negotiate it. And as Adrian was saying, um, sort of having uh, 
that realization that things are temporary, temporary. And uh, that's obviously also easier said than done, but it's, but it's definitely true. Absolutely. And um, I mean, anxiety just, it changes form, right? Like one day. Yeah. No, and like you said, one day you're on top of the world and the next year, you know, you're, you're down in the dumps and, um, but you can, you know, still having this, the awareness of like uh, this thing, these situations being so mercurial and so on is just, uh, is so important because you, it also leaves like little breadcrumbs that you can notice uh, the things that, that are causing these, uh, these irritations and so on. You know, you notice the things that you like, the things that you dislike, you know, the, the kind of habits that you should engage in and so on. You know, you, you, can, you can get an analytical about all this stuff. And um, I think uh, that, that, yeah, I suppose that's all that I'm speaking about self-awareness and, you know, and, uh, and studying, you know, your own mind and, uh, and behavior. Yeah, n knowing yourself is, is like really important. And it's, that sounds so obvious, but I don't think many people actually do it, especially no, when you can't really no. extrapolate your, you know, like for me, I, bad example, but like I've only had Instagram for like three weeks and it's already yeah. been on a disproportionately large amount of my time. So it's like, <laughs> I've got to stop, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm glad I realized that after three weeks, not three months. Um, well, three years, but it's like, yeah, I, no, I totally. But I, I imagine you also knew what you were getting yourself into. Because I mean, you, you got it three that. weeks ago, but you know, you've you've been hearing about Instagram and the effects of it and so on for for years. Yeah, but it's it's like yeah. everyone's tough till they get punched in the face, right? Like you think you can handle it, yeah. <laughs> like suddenly. Yeah. No. No. Totally. No. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's good. It's it's good to know, and and like having conversations like this. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm being pretty yeah. selfish because, like, obviously, whenever I have these conversations, I'm taking a lot of the tips that I get from people. So, um, mm. it's, it's good As you to kind of steal no. <laughs> steal from you guys uh, yeah. your, your wisdom. But thanks, thanks for doing this, and I, I don't want to keep you on for much longer because I'm sure you've got better things to do. But there is one more oh, question I wanted to ask you. <laughs> But, but yeah, yeah there's, there's just one last thing I wanted to, to ask you. And we talked about how things can change for people. Objectively, materially, I think a lot of people, you know, they're raising their kids at home. Like they have to, you know, teach them entire school years at home. Maybe they've lost relatives because of the virus or lost jobs because of the virus. Like, as two guys who are very, as I said, uh, adventurous in your output and productive and you're you're engaging with new things you're doing a lot of exciting new stuff what would you say to people who have had like a really the worst year of their lives basically discuss discuss everything that's bothering you and um don't don't be afraid to rely on other people speak to speak to anyone you can and um and uh, I don't know, make it a make it a point to 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 learn more about yourself and to understand yourself. And uh, I guess I would say that, I mean, I would just like say I'm sorry and how horrible I feel about it because it's so unfair how everybody goes through this year differently and every year. But I mean, like life, like so many life will just always throw terrible things at you and it sucks in every shape of and sense of the word, but
but all you have to do is just make it as as pleasant and bearable as you can and that's a different experience and a different process for every person but the most important thing the only thing i, I think to be happy the first thing you can do is just to find what makes you happy and expose yourself to as many of these like positive triggers as you can and just make sure that you're doing something that you're proud of yeah and and to to both of those points like adrian you're absolutely right and it's good that you can like pleasantly surprise yourself with things that you do that like maybe you didn't think would be worth your time before if you are feeling depressed if you are feeling anxious and you think like for me again like you were saying yoga a couple of months ago like i used to think yoga was stupid as hell now i, I try and do it like every day so Oh, it's great. Yeah. I agree with you. I always made fun of Adrian for doing yoga, not doing, you know, other sports. But now I want to start doing yoga and uh, it's cool. It's and fun. I'm 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 impressed by his flexibility. Well, that's, I'm, I'm that's like, exactly it. Yeah. It's like as soon as you yeah. can tell yourself, like, oh, if I do kickboxing, then yoga becomes way cooler. Like yeah. so <laughs> it's like endurance. I think yeah. the cool thing about yoga is that it changes. Like every day you're a different you're different in different physical form to how you were the day before and mental form but i mean it's like a whole like growing thing and for that reason i think it's so nice to be like for yoga for in this kind of situation where it's like a real growing thing that you have to throw yourself into and spend a lot of time on it's like any i guess that's why like i don't know even like picking up new languages learning new instruments these are all like parallel things that you could do that i think can make a difference in your life yeah, is, is, is music a big thing for you guys? So I never asked that, but I, I am curious. Yeah, very big. For me, it's not as big as like as um, for you probably, but it is pretty big. You listen to music all. The I time. listen to music all the time, but like I don't, I don't make music. You don't have a, you music. don't have a therapeutic approach to music. Would you say? I don't know. I don't it depends. Words it depends. Sometimes yeah. when I was with my family and more of a drinking yeah. out with my aunts and uncles and everything, everyone was fighting. I was listening yeah. to a lot of music. No, yeah, music's a big thing for me. I, um, I don't know. It's I, I kind of use it as, as like stress antidotes and like whatever, just to to match my mood and and you know and things like this. There's yeah, like you were talking about uh, happy triggers and so on. I don't mm -hmm. know. I feel like a lot of songs, you know, that you you yeah. learn to to place like next to your happy moments and stuff like this, and then. It's like kind of, you know, that trick, like forcing yourself to smile and all of a sudden, like half an hour later, you're supposed to feel a little bit happier. Yeah. It's that idea, I suppose, with music, cool. you know. I like that. That's great. Yeah. Biohacking. We didn't <laughs> get into that, but, you know. Any any recommendations music-wise uh, to cheer people music -wise, up? Music-wise, music-wise, um, like... Uh, are we trying to heal a broken heart or are we trying to get gain some weight what are we trying to do gain some weight i don't know gain um, some weight let's hit gain some weight gain some weight music G gain some mass g unit m&m m&m i don't know do you, do you like war music for me war music's always something that gets me going a lot like uh you know Besides looking at the political sides of it, I was I love listening to folk music and just like stories of, you know, plight and like despair and like I don't know, just it makes me feel like people have lived through like the worst shit possible. That, that that to me that could be like on, Black Sabbath or Tchaikovsky. Um, well, no, I'm thinking more like um, stuff. I don't know. I like I like chants a lot, like Mongolian 
war okay. chants, stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff gets me going. <laughs> <That's not bad. laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll send you stuff. Well, please do. And like, yeah, just, yeah. just go. And like on, the, on that point, like you were saying before, like obviously Adrian was talking about happy triggers and stuff, but like, um, Kaya, you're so right. And I can't understate this. Like I, I talk to, I talk to everyone about this. Um, when I'm, when I'm conducting these interviews, like reaching out to people, even if you have that impulse and you think it might help and like, you, you know how it is, like people might be busy, they might not respond or whatever, but sending people a message and just being like honest about not feeling great. Um, mm. I find yeah. it, it makes a huge difference because if you don't know what to do, it's probably better to be honest with yourself about that rather than trying to obsess over a situation. Oh, absolutely, for sure. And you can, it's so easy to feel like you're burdening other people with your problems, you just yeah. can't think like that. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I mean, if, if people are really suffering from hearing all your shit that you're going through, then worst case, they just won't respond. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like Jesse, who you know, who I think both of you guys know. Yeah, she's like, the, I spoke to her about this and she even went so far to be like, anyone who's listening to this, you can drop me a message on Instagram, you can call me whenever you want. Like, it's the nicest Yeah, and there, there are people like that and like people, I think you have to like, as somebody who's suffering and feeling like, you know, they're like there are people that there that you can reach out to or whatever, then I think you have to like, make yourself aware of people like that. Yeah, for sure. Because they do exist, and they can be a complete stranger, and it shouldn't even matter. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and like we, we can all do that as well. Like we're all capable of helping people if we feel like yeah. it. you don't need. To like I would, them. I would say the same thing that Jesse said, but honestly, I don't think I'm mentally equipped to. to <laughs> have, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not. So there's no shame in that. Uh, I can't fix my own problems. I've learned other people's problems. But, yeah. Um, I, Good I, for her then. Yeah, I'm for jealous. sure. And it doesn't mean doesn't mean that we're not here for for our friends or or whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah. So guys, um, thank you both so much for taking the time to do this. It's been it's been really cool oh, catching up. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys thank again. And hopefully we see each other soon, sometime yeah. and somewhere. Yeah. Anytime, man. Well, yeah. All right. Have a good day, guys. Take care. All right. You take too. care. See you later. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.